0: Fullamish is back to the season by Ladbrokes. Hello, it's the Fulhamish podcast. My name is Sammy James. We are your regular audio Fulham FC guide. And it is Fulhamish Extra back for another week. And today we're going to be previewing the Burton Albion game. As we return to the cottage this Saturday, we're also going to be speaking to Burton fan Tony Bentley and going to be speaking to George from Not the Top 20 on everything to do with Fulham and the rest of the Championship in general. Got to welcome my guests onto the show. So, Jack Collins. Hello, listeners. Drew Heatley. Hi. And Don Betts. Hello, hello. Are here with me today to look at Saturday's game. Uh, just before we go into Burton, just to say that Fulhamish is back this season by Ladbrokes. Right now, you can bet £5, get £20 by following the link at bet.fulhamish.co.uk. So as I mentioned, we're back to the cottage on Saturday to face a Burton side, having a really strange second season in the championship. The Brewers looking for a third consecutive uh, away win this uh, in the league, uh, which is in stark contrast to their home form, where... They haven't picked up a win since the three points they picked up against us in September. Now, they've won at some big teams. They they won at Sheffield Wednesday. They also went to Reading uh, and got a victory. They went up to Bolton. They picked up a draw at Bristol City. They beat Cardiff in the Cup. They're going to have some confidence that if they get into the lead, Drew, they could shock us.
1: Yeah, it's uh, 16 of the 24 points have come away from home, which is absolutely outrageous for a team that's still in the bottom of the table. And, you know, we we've seen before in previous seasons how... Burton's come to the cottage and set up against us. So I, I expect nothing different this Saturday and we could be in for a, a torrid, frustrating 90 minutes, particularly if they if they take the lead and have something to hold on to. I mean, what, what,
0: a, what a strange season, Dom. And especially for a Burton side, with their compact ground, you would totally think it's their home form that would be keeping them in the division. Like lots of small clubs, they come up to a division above their weight and it's always their... Um, tight home ground and the form there that keeps them in the division and for this season for Burton it's just not the case at all
2: yeah it's it's quite a sort of weird concept in a way because it's it's not it's not your way, your way you usually stay up by winning most of your away games but that's, if that's the way they're going to do it that's the way they're going to do it and I think I think it, it, it's always been frustrating when we played Burton at home the last the last two times because what, what was it was it being 1-1 and 2-1 I, don't know, I think this is the uh, second time. It was last season. That was it. The one the one. All, and that was we only got was that last minute winner from Cessignon. Yeah, last minute oh, equalized equalized or whatever, yeah. And it yeah. was like so. They're a very tough side to play against, and the way we play, it's not like it falls into their hands, but like they know they it, the the way they can defend, they know how to frustrate us, and and we're not playing as good as we were last season. So they 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 were probably fancying themselves to get a positive result come Saturday.
0: Well... The two-one game back in September, Jack. It was a poor display from Fulham, but it was made more difficult by a really fluky goal from uh, Warnock, if I'm not mistaken, and, yeah. the, and then a hugely dodgy penalty given against uh, Kevin McDonald on McFadzine, which just it wasn't even close to being a penalty.
3: Yeah, no, I mean it wasn't. It wasn't a good day at the office, basically, from anyone. And you know, yeah, we we suffered with a with a fluke goal and a, and also a and also a bad penalty decision, but also you know we got to remember that our goal was really weird it was a really weird Ollie Norwood strike if i'm not if i'm not mistaken mm-hmm. and and it, it didn't look like it was going in and and then it just sort of rooted to the root the keeper to the spot and um, there was a lot of chat about the fact that the keeper probably should have done better with that uh, and i remember it it was a scrappy game it was a horrible game to watch and and Fulham really didn't look like you know Shay Ojo Mr sitter Actually, that was one of the one of the few games we've lost with Shea Yojo in the side. Um, but yeah, he missed a sitter, and Fulham just weren't basically very good. And and it was one of those ones where we were like, right, we're gonna we're gonna struggle against the the little teams again this season. And you know that's you know that's fine. But you know, Burton have played well uh, away from home. They have done. That's that's true. But there's also something to be said for the fact that they've played teams at good times to play teams. In the way that we often say that Fulham play teams at bad times. Burton have got a really good run of fixtures here you know they won against Burt Bolton on the 16th of December Bolton aren't very good so I'm not going to lead too much into that they played Burt Reading on the 23rd of December Reading are on the worst side of form that that I've seen them in for ages and
0: also such a fluky goal that Burton scored that day the one that I think shot back off the defender
3: yeah but you know what they're they're they're, crap Reading are crap so that's fine um, then Burton lost at home to Leeds. They drew with Norwich, which was a decent result. Then they beat Sheffield Wednesday three 0 at Hillsborough, but Sheffield Wednesday were managerless and just an absolute train wreck at that point. And it was it was carnage at Hillsborough that day. And I think they won three 0 and missed a penalty, but even then it, it didn't look it was far from convincing. And then they got absolutely whacked by Queens Park Rangers this weekend, who were. Uh, who are uh, not exactly the the league's form side, and so, and I, was, I saw the highlights of that earlier. QPR were far
0: from impressive.
3: Yeah, yeah, and uh, and it was comfortable. So it, it is one of those where I think that uh, a full strength Fulham side playing at capacity comfortably beats this Burton side. You know that said, they're going to be they're going to come and, and, and look to frustrate, and they will frustrate. And and an early goal would do do well to to, to soothe the nerves. But they've lost uh, Sean Scannell, which is good. He's um, a good player,
0: I think the thing that you can say from that that run of results is generally they're getting beaten but there's just times where they're tripping up teams aren't they they're, yeah. they're like they're the little pocket rocket that can sometimes come and cause you some damage if, you, if you're not fully on your game
3: yeah I think that's it it's um they're just they're just kind of one of those teams that are going to look to frustrate you and if they can frustrate you and we know that Fulham get frustrated and we know that we don't play our best football when the other team have 10 players behind the ball and and a, an early goal and something something you know to, to well worked in the first half in the first 20 minutes would do a lot to just calm everyone down they'd have to open up and then we then off we go
0: uh, Drew what side would you expect Slav to pick on Saturday can we see Kenny being given another week's rest as we uh, briefly mentioned in the uh, main podcast podcast on Monday um Jack mentioned potentially about does Stephanie Hansen need a rest what would what would you go for and what do you expect Slav to go for it's two very different questions isn't it
1: well I think when it when it pertains to Kearney I really don't know if it's a case of uh, giving him a rest I think if he's fit he'll play but if it, you know he's on the bench against Middlesbrough because he's not ready to start and I don't think we're resting him on purpose so that there's, there's that um we mentioned uh Piazzon in the 10 would be would be I'd be all for that, but uh, I actually just expect Slav to start with the with the three that he did against Middlesbrough. I don't think he's going to play around too much of it on uh, on Saturday.
0: Would you think that this is the kind of game that might suit Kamara?
1: Yeah, p- perhaps uh, it's it's going to be really difficult because you look at the the amount of uh, the, the goal threat from Burton comes. There's so many goals from across their defence and the defensive midfielders that they're they're not really getting much from Skinnell and Sordell up top. So it's it, it's difficult to to try and think of how we're going to sort of maybe we need that battering round to try and break them down because they're not going to be they're, they're going to be ready to to frustrate us the whole the whole time. So maybe, but is he intelligent enough to be able to? To, to play in a different way as well as just sort of bulldozing through the defence. I'm not sure.
0: Tom, you were at the Pirelli back in September when we lost 2-1. What what lessons can Fulham learn from that day and take into this match?
2: Don't play as shit as we did that, I know. But um, <laughs> like, we need to, I think, go attacking from the off. Because if we, I know we say this pretty much every single home game, but if we get a goal in the first 20 minutes, it's a totally different game. Yeah, of course. Because not,
0: and I think particularly in this
2: game. Yeah, because we know they're going to sit deep and we know they're going to want to frustrate our attack. And if it comes to 70-odd minutes and it's still nil nil, it's, it's just going to be frustrating. It's going to not going to be a toxic atmosphere within the ground, but the, fran- the fans are going to get frustrated because they're like, we're playing Buddy Burton for fuck's sake. And it's like, I think, yeah, I think re- we just need to go at them from the off. And then if we attack them straight away get an early goal and I think it'll be a comfortable win
0: OK well we'll see what happens on Saturday uh, and right now let's hear from a Burton fan um, Tony Bentley uh, is on the line right now and I started by asking him uh, what has been behind Burton's strange results of late
4: I think it's the, the way the, the personnel that they've got this season they're, they're set up with the, some good defensive players and they they actually keep their shape and formation very, very well away from home and tend to hit teams on the break, as has been proved by winning their last three away games and they've won four in a row this season. It took them until Christmas last year to win the first away game. But conversely, at home, when when the onus is on Burton to attack a little bit more, They're getting caught out, especially when their own attacks break down and teams catch them on the break and tend to just burst through them. And we've got this horrendous record, which is now the worst in the Football League at home having lost nine of the last ten and only a goalless draw to break that. And in fact, the last team Burton beat were unfortunately Fulham in your case.
0: Indeed. Well, it was a bit of a strange game, uh, the reverse at the Pirelli. Two goals from Burton. One was a, quite a lucky strike from Stephen Warnock. It was a bit of a weird goal from us as well, Ollie Norwood, uh, with a long-range shot and potentially your keeper should have done a little bit better. And then a very controversial penalty. Uh, Kevin McDonald had judged to uh, take down McFadzie and I think we were all very upset by the decision. But I guess that is the danger of Burton for clubs like us. If you get yourselves in the lead, you've got a strong defence and you're likely to hold on.
4: Too right. That is. It's all about Burton scoring the first goal. If Burton scored the first goal, you tend to expect them to get something from the game. But the ultimate is when they concede the first goal, they've been lacking in firepower to actually get back into the game. You see, you know, Burton... You know, I won't harp on about it, but Burton are oh, the, the poor paupers in the division. And uh, they made a record transfer fee in July. They signed Liam Boyce from Ross County in Scotland. He did his ACL in the last weekend in July in a pre season friendly. And that Burton haven't got the resources to go out and buy a replacement, which you would tend to find for any other Championship club.
0: Now, what is the secret to Burton's success? We all know that you're a very small club in this division, crowds of only 4,000 uh, f- against huge clubs, I'm not saying Fulham's a huge club, you know, you've got Leeds, you've got Aston Villa, we've got Birmingham City, Wolves. What has been the secret to Burton sustaining championship football? Because And you're not exactly, it's not out of the picture that Burton could stay in the championship for a third season, which would just be a remarkable achievement if you could pull off.
4: It's all about the recruitment this January. As you, as you know, last season they got the two lads, Corley Woodrow and the Lassie Vegan Christensen from Fulham, along with Michael Cartley. And those sorts of people just gave them a burst this time last season, but it's all the... The promotion from League 2 and League 1 was all about a collective power, really, where the, some, of the, some of the parts was greater than the individuals in the team, and they've had to work on that ethos. You know, people coming into Burton, they've had to buy into the fact that they know they're going to be in a struggle. But people like Luke Murphy, he's coming up for his 50th game in a few weeks. He's, 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 he came as a half-season loan last January. He's been here for all this season. He's, he's got a long contract lead, never getting a game, but he's at that age, 28, 29 now, where he wants to play football and Burton will offer people the chance to play regular football. So that's really what they can offer, is regular football, chance to train that's in George's Park. And if you buy into the, if you buy into the equation, then all well and good.
0: It's a mixture between youth and experience in your team. There's many players, kind of over 34, but you've also got some real great youngsters uh, coming through the ranks as well. Uh, who are the key players that Fulham fans should watch out for on Saturday?
4: Well, the most technically gifted lad is a lad called Joe Zabara. He's only 19 and he's only coming to the, the first team, came off the bench again on Saturday. He might get a, might get a game on Saturday because uh, Will Miller, the lad we picked up from Tottenham, looks like he's done his knee. So he might be out of the equation. Lucas Aikens is the wholehearted player. who has been at Burton since they were in the league two days and... Uh, He's played in multiple positions. Right back. He's been playing striker. The last few games, right wing, back, right wing. So no matter where you pick him in the team, he will he will always give something.
0: And what challenge are you expecting from Fulham on Saturday? We're in good form now, uh, and we've actually managed to pick up a few wins in a row at Craven Cottage, but you've been to some big grounds lately and got some huge results. I think the one at Hillsborough was one that made everyone in the league uh, sit up a little bit. So what kind of game are you expecting on Saturday?
4: Well, normally Burton sit back and invite teams on, but at Hillsborough, it was the, it was the opposite. They actually took the game to Sheffield Wednesday, took advantage of their frail confidence, and sort of played almost as the home side. So you could get either, but I'm expecting with you in your form, and it's possibly the wrong time for Burton to come to Fulham because uh, you've got some very technically gifted players and now you seem to be, you know, you had a bit of a hangover from the playoffs last season, but you seem to be striking form at the right time. So Burton will have to be on on their guard. And I think, you know, it's all about Burton making it difficult for yourselves, hopefully get the, the fans a little bit... You know, a little bit anxious because as was happened last year, where Burton got a goal early in the second half, and then they hung on until stoppage time when you when you snuck the equaliser.
0: Well, yeah, it was a very frustrating game for Fulham last season. It was early on during the season. I think we were going through a, a bad run of form as well, and we just couldn't break you down. You got that goal after the hour mark, and you could kind of see it coming after Fulham missed a host of good chances in the first half. And I guess that is the fear for Fulham fans is that that situation could happen again. Especially we've seen that uh, happen a few times to us this season. I think Bolton Wanderers was the uh, main example that comes to your head where they got their goal in the first half and they just put two banks of four behind uh, behind our play and which we really struggled to break them down and it took another 90th minute equaliser in order to rescue a point from a game where Fulham should have been winning. So I guess that is the fear for us. Uh, Tony, what would your prediction be for Saturday?
4: I would be hopeful if Burton, if Burton play as well as they have been away from home, we could get at least a point. So possibly going for a 1-1 draw. All right,
0: Tony, we'll see what happens on Saturday. Thank you for speaking to Fulhamish.
4: Thank
5: you. All
0: right, well, we love having them on the podcast. Joined right now by George from Not The Top 20 podcast. How are you doing? Good, lads. How are you doing? All well? Yeah, very good. good. Thank good you. Mate. The last time we saw you, um, none of us were in a very good state at the uh, FSF awards uh, back in December. So nice to t- yeah. speak to you with uh, a few less lemonades down us.
5: Well, I, I managed to sneak off early. I think Ali was there till the early hours, but um, but no, it was
0: good. Good, good to see you. All. It was a very, it was a very fun evening. So uh, it, was, it was good, good to exactly. catch up there. Right, let's chat uh, a bit about Fulham first, because well, I guess uh, from an outside perspective, it's been. An incredible rise up the table for us. 17th um, in mid-November, now just a point and a couple of places off the playoffs. From a uh, neutral perspective, um, how impressive has is, is it been to see that rise from Fulham? Uh, I don't
5: know if I'm that impressed, to be honest, purely because I had such high expectations to start with. Um, if, if you kind of get my eye back you guys to, to get promoted at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Um, and so to see you guys languishing down um, the, towards the bottom end of the table you know, after a couple of months was a bit of a surprise. So in that respect, uh, it's not really a surprise because it's where we think you should be. Um, you managed to keep the majority of the squad together from last season. And I was one of those many, many people who thought that you were the third or in the top three best teams in the league last season, along with the top two. Um, so in that respect, not that surprising. I think we've obviously seen your form turn around as you've um, maybe discarded some of the summer signings who haven't been too too uh, successful. Uh, you seem to have gone back to the tried and test the players that, that got you to, uh, to the playoffs last season, and as such, uh, you look you know a, a good bet at the moment to get back into that playoff contention and uh, and, and into the top top six.
3: Um, obviously, you had us had us down as as promotion uh, favourites, shall I say? Joe, I think you had us top, maybe didn't you? I think we had you top, I indeed. Think so obviously, it's, uh, I'm it's not been
5: embarrassed a, about it. No, <laughs> yeah. I
3: mean, I don't think it's. I don't think it was the worst prediction in the world, and uh, I think a lot of our kind of gripes this season have been on the fact that we think this squad is majorly underperforming. Um, yes. I don't know how much of it, uh, the games you've, you've watched. Obviously, you, you're into the stats and things, and uh, and that kind of helps to determine it but yeah there's kind of a feeling in the camp here that Fulham are still massively underperforming Uh, and and that you know we've won these games you know look at the game at the weekend where we won with a 95th minute penalty and uh, and we you know won against Ipswich but only after they went down to 10 men and uh, do do you have any sort of kind of insights in in that kind of respect in terms of how you think Fulham are actually playing as opposed to you know grinding out wins is one thing but actually in terms of here we think we need to, to to be beating these small teams over the next four games because we're quite worried about the fact that we've got a, a tough run in the middle of March, basically.
5: Yeah, I, I think that's one thing to say about your run of uh, wins recently is it's been against good teams. Um, you're looking at the, the away wins at Cardiff and Middlesbrough, especially two games against teams who are uh, certainly, in terms of the squads they've got and their ambitions for the season, um, you know, going to be at the top end. So, so I think that you should be lauded. I think that your the underlying data um, supporting your performances this season isn't quite as strong as last season. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people predicted your, your meteoric rise on the table last year on the back of, of your XG and things like that. And I don't think it's quite as good. Um, but as you guys well know, and as you see every weekend, the uh, in terms of style, you're still dominating games. Um, in terms of possession football, in terms of keeping the ball, um, just looking at the middle of a game now, you guys had the absolute lion's share of possession um, as ever. And I was looking at Tom Kearney's um, stats today um, and obviously he's struggled with fitness this season and he's, he's not quite having the influence on games that he, had, that he had last year, especially in terms of goal scoring and, and, and setting up chances. But actually um, looking at the data, his chance creation is, is pretty much uh, on the same level as last season, but only got the uh, the two assists to show for it. And in terms of shots, um, he's slightly down on last season in terms of shots per game. I think he's 0.5 Inside the area compared to 0.7 last year per game, so it's probably variance with him. I mean, obviously not. He's got his knee problems, which means he hasn't really had a good run in the side. He was obviously out of the team again against Middlesbrough. But um, but I think that you, you're you're right in the, in terms of the uh, kind of underperformance in that we Ali and I certainly thought the way you guys finished last season was probably underperforming because you should have been up in that top three. And so in that respect, even though you're now eighth and you're and you're winning games. I still think there's there's more to come from this squad that, that should really put you up uh, in the uh, in the promotion, automatic promotion places, and we're seeing this this season with Wolves. Obviously, the runaway top team, but there's still definitely that second place spot is is up for grabs. So whether or not you guys have lost too much ground already, I'm not sure. But but in terms of of where you should be performing, that's pretty where I'd have you.
2: Yeah, we have we said we're, we're still in and around the playoff places. but We're only 10 points off. Uh, second place I think it's Derby yeah. County isn't it and do you yeah. think from a neutral perspective, do you think it's still a realistic aim for us to get up there for automatic probably promotion
5: it's probably out of your hands I mean we saw last season when you put in a run together how, how quickly you can make up ground um, so possibly but it, you're going to be relying on Derby or Cardiff um, I mean they're the two who've, who probably who are definitely in the box seat for it you're going to be relying on them, on them dropping points like if Derby continue the way they've been going for the last uh, six weeks or so on under on guy route then that you, you know you're gonna have to do very very well to catch them but having said that you know 10 points in over the course of you know 15 16 games or whatever it is is, is, is easy to make up uh, if, if you get the wins on the board so I wouldn't be giving up yet but certainly you're now Playoffs have to be the complete minimum
2: aim. Yeah, because um, I think a lot of people what they're saying is the amount of points we reclaimed over Leeds last season. But I think what people are missing out of it this just requires Derby to have a lead like Collapse like last season. Which actually it? Which, and there's another well if there's second, there's six teams ahead of us who will be aiming for that as well. And you can't yeah. you can't just look at look at the team in second or look where you want to go to and just try to get that. I think from from the outside, it's clearly obvious that there's another six teams going for that place as well. But as you said, I think playoffs for us has to be the absolute minimum expectation because it was at the beginning of the season, and now we're only a point or two off. It's got to be the minimum expectation now.
5: It's, it's, it's really interesting running games you've got now as well. You, I mean, you mentioned the easy games. I think that, you know, Burton um, next up has to be three points, and you've got Barnsley, Forest, and Bolton, which are all very, very winnable. And then you've got the, you know, you can put a line through the Wolves game probably because anything you get from that is a bonus. But then you've got, you know, Villa, Bristol City, um, Derby, Sheffield she- United. I mean, that is unbelievable. That's basically, it. so long as you're still in position, that's four six-pointers right there um, against other teams who are going to be looking looking at both over their shoulders to make sure they get in the playoffs, but also ahead of those teams to drop points. So I think come the beginning of March, you're going to have a very good idea of, of what's attainable, what's acceptable. Um, depending on whether or not you can put these weaker teams to the sword, and then and then try and pick up
3: points. Well, so taking things away from from Fulham for a bit, a, a bit, and um let's move on to some 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 playoff rivals from from past times. You know, I remember last season you saying uh, over and over again that Reading were, under, <laughs> were overperforming, were over-indexing yeah. on their stats. Uh, are you glad? Are you glad? Well, not glad, but are you uh, happy to see your 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 point kind of uh, come well, through in I'm the end? Glad.
5: Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to. Uh, and yeah, make any mistake about that. I'm, I'm over the moon to see that it's it's come it's come true. Uh, it's <laughs> whole, we, are, we are too, if it makes you feel any better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, because especially all all those rating fans who who tweet me telling us that we were wrong and that we didn't have a clue and the stats are rubbish. But it's interesting, you know, it, I think that we've been doing the podcast for a certain amount of time now. And, you know, we, we, we do talk about the data side of things. And it's now a long enough cycle that the trends that we talk about... um should be coming to fruition, if, if if they're true. And I think even you know, the likes of yourselves and Brentford, whilst both your starts of the season were fairly poor and, and has ended up getting, putting you in trouble, I think you're both now in, in the kind of form that shows that, that really the, the data does matter. And, and Reading being down the bottom where they are is um is also another string to that boat. And it, I've, I've seen some people saying this week that it's not a, a, a revert to the norm, but I just think it is. And I think you can't consistently outperform your short data if, you, if the opposition team are having better chances than you consistently.
3: Yeah, yeah. Eventually you're going to lose.
5: Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, I am. I am glad to see them languishing and hope they continue to do so. Yeah, me too.
0: Now, George, <laughs> um, the last few seasons haven't really led us to a blockbuster. End to the championship season. You could argue that the the three horse promotion race between um, Borough, Brighton, and um, Watford uh, yeah. a few years ago was there was some drama there, but nothing like a few seasons ago where there was you know ten teams Brilliant. that could get into the playoffs on the final yeah, day of this of the season. This season though, Wolves are, Wolves are gone. I, I just cannot see anyone getting anywhere near. Yeah, I agree. But it it yeah. looks like if things carry on the same way, where we could end up with a situation where coming into the final two or three games not very much is decided at the upper end of the table
5: yeah i think that could be the case um it, again it comes down to, to derby and cardiff I, I don't see villa being good enough to get get their way into the automatic promotion places uh personally but i've been saying that all season and, and then our fourth so who knows but um but and also sheffield United and bristol city have had an amazing start but, but realistically, keeping up that form is going to be tough so I think you're you're relying on one of Derby or Cardiff not um, cementing that second spot. We saw last season um, that basically Newcastle and Brighton were going to be the top two from about January onwards, or even even earlier. To be fair, the Huddersfield looked for for a brief time this time last year, like they might get involved. They, they didn't. Um, so looking at those two, I think Cardiff obviously showed uh, signs of struggles. I think that Sunderland game um, couldn't have come at a better time for them, really, because it got them back on the straight and narrow. Um, but Yeah, looking at it now, it looks fairly open. Uh, I'm not convinced it's a particularly good um, championship top eight, um, really. Uh, Although Bristol City showing, you know, doing good stuff in the cup against the the Manchester teams, but their league form suffered on the back of that. So whilst it at the moment looks tight enough that there could certainly be uh, some interest come the end of the season. Similarly, if one of these teams puts a run together um, from really Derby down to Derby Cardiff, Villa or Bristol City really put it on together they could easily make that second spot their own and then we're back to where we were last season with it just a a battle for the playoff spots
0: so do you think that is it it's a top two if you've got to predict it now of Wolves and Derby yeah
5: yeah I think so And Um, and and the
0: four playoff sides
5: I would say
2: I'm
5: going to say you lads Oh, I'm say, home territory, in it? Yeah. <laughs> so you, I see you lads, Cardiff, Villa, Bristol City. I think that that four-point cushion is enough. Um, I don't think Leeds will stay there. I think that their, their start has completely flattened their position now, um, although they have side, kind of shown signs of getting it back, back together. Um, I think Brentford are the other teams to look out for. Yeah, um, I think that again, as well. As a day to guys. I mean, they, the amount of points that they've dropped from, from winning positions means that if they did get to the playoffs, they probably wouldn't be the worst team to draw because they seem to have the, you know, <clears throat> the mental fortitude of, um, you know, they're absolute bottlers basically, and I can't imagine when the pressure uh, comes down to it they'll be able to hold their ground. But as a footballing team, in terms of talent and in terms of the style of play, they've certainly got it together now, and, and I'm sure they'll keep picking up points.
0: Other end of the table, uh, who, do you, who do you think's gonna? Going to face the drop. Obviously, Sunderland's still in perilous uh, danger. I quite liked um, Stuart Gray on, on, on the Championship show on yeah. Saturday saying Michael they've Gray. got a uh, Waitrose manager with little players. I thought that was a, a wonderful analogy. I, Do you think they're going to escape the drop?
5: I think the only thing probably about Chris Coleman that's Wait Waitrose is pretty well shops. I don't. Even, I don't. I don't know where that's coming from. His record as a club manager is absolutely terrible. Um, but I guess he's a high-profile name, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, that's about it. I, th- I think the only reason he's a Sunderland is because they can afford to pay more than Wales, would be my guess. But um, but yeah, I think they'll struggle still. Um, yeah, I think having the, 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 the players who are playing for them certainly sign for Sunderland without the expectation of being in a championship dogfight. Um, you saw Didier and Dong getting sent off um, against Cardiff and that. You know, I, I think he must be desperate to get out of there, and that's going to be the same with most of the squad. You see Jack Redwell being released today, um, finally, you know, put out of his misery. Um, age 26, can you believe that? And I think they really struggle. I think Burton, um, as we know, uh, will will take anything they can get at the moment, and they um, they have seem to have games where they they don't even have a shot on on goal. So it's pretty desperate for them as well. Birmingham. Are, shown signs of some life and Bolton the same I, I think you're looking at those four still I think Hull have enough about them to um to stay up and then yeah, you look at the goal differences as well Hull, Hull minus five while the others all well into double figures which is basically an extra point on top of that as well so I think you're looking at three of those four um I wouldn't really want to call it if I had to I'd probably say that Birmingham uh, will be the ones just about to have enough to stay up
0: Right. Well, George, thank you so much for, for your insight as always. We love catching up with you guys uh, whenever we can. I'm sure we will get um, get around to speaking to you again later on in the season. Um, your Definitely. podcast is out pretty much uh, every week or every other week and just looks yeah. at the, the whole football league, doesn't it?
5: It is, yeah. Championship League One and League Two. Um, I've been away for the last few weeks. We haven't done one for a while, but we're recording tomorrow. So that'll be out tomorrow evening. Then we've got another one, I think, on Sunday. So we've got two in the week to make up for lost time. Double bubble. Double bubble, exactly.
0: Well, it's definitely well worth uh, following. We were talking about podcast recommendations in the last one. This is ours. Yeah, exactly. Not (laughs) the Top 20. (laughs) Search for it. Put it in your podcast store and make sure it's your second listen after Fulhamish every single week.
5: Cheers, boys. Thanks for having me on. No worries, George. George. Thanks very much. Cheers, guys.
0: Thank you. Cheers. Bye. Right, well, thank you very much to George from Not the Top 20 podcast. Uh, In the duration of that phone call, Drew has actually had to leave... Uh, The podcast in a hasty exit because there is a lasagna cooking for him at home. So uh, it is just us three now. Jack is indeed. It is indeed always interesting though to catch up with uh, the boys
3: from not the top twenty. Yeah, I mean they 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 are very good at analysing the the three leagues as we say, and, and and always seem to have you know even when things aren't necessarily going to to form it, it's easy to see that there are teams bucking trends and and when those things you know eventually come to light it is actually what what makes this world tick as they say
2: but it's always helpful to get a neutral's perspective Precisely. on the way your club's playing because we might we you're always going to be either really optimistic or pessimistic depending on what sort of how you are about your club but then if you get a neutral's perspective you just it's nice and nice to see how it, how it seems we're playing this season because we because we see it week in week out is all we think about. But from a neutral, it's always nice to sort of get gauge their opinion. Indeed, right. Well, we will be back with another podcast on Monday, looking back
0: at that Burton game. Very much hoping uh, that it's going to be three points from Fulham. I imagine there will be a lot more transfer discussion as the uh, January transfer window draws towards its close. And then in the Fulhamish Extra the following week, we'll be previewing the big away day up to Barnsley. All the lads. Very excited for that one. Big Saturday in Oakwell. Uh, so lots to look forward to. Hope you enjoy the weekend. Uh, hopefully Fulham can get three points. To Jack Collins, thank you very much. Thank you, Sammy. Uh, to Drew Healy, who has left for his lasagna, thank you very much. And to Don Betts, thank you very much. All right. Have a great weekend. We'll see you later. easy.
3: Who gives you extra who? Who Who. full of misdo?
2: Acast powers some of the world's best podcasts. Here's a show we recommend.
5: This spooky season, have a listen to Let's Talk About Myths Baby, a podcast about Greek mythology that tells it honestly and often with a lot of gore, at least when it comes to these spooky season episodes. Every week in October, I have released a new episode with various levels of spooky in Greek mythology. There are ancient stories of haunted houses, ghosts, werewolves, general tragedy, and even a very bloody tree. Greek mythology has a little something for everyone, especially when it comes to spooky season. So listen to Let's Talk About Myths, baby! Every week, wherever
4: you get your podcasts.
5: ACAST
0: recommends.